since the fall of, of man, disorder has prevailed in the universe. Not just here on earth, but principalities and powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. The enemy was empowered by man's rebellion and by man's disobedience. Disorder has been the ruling force among sinful humanity and all throughout the universe. The problem is, is that everyone thinks that they are able to distinguish between good and evil. They partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that gave man this false concept that he is able to choose between good and evil through his filter, through his eyes, from his perspective, and to judge what is right and wrong. We're seeing this all around the world today, especially in our nation, with a lot of the disruptions that we've seen over the last uh, year or so. Uh, people have their own opinions, and they fiercely defend what they believe is right, and they attack what is wrong. And this, of course, is a result of the fall of man. And so disobedience reigns and has reigned for a very long time, and it must be recovered. It has to be recovered Disobedience will not turn into obedience automatically And disobedience will not turn into obedience Just because you're filled with the Holy Ghost You get the Holy Ghost You don't automatically just become uh, obedient Happy birthday, Sister Gluck I looked down there and saw her And uh, I knew it was her birthday um, Where was I at? Disobedience, yeah And so Everyone by and large, to some extent, believes that they know better than God. This is called reason. It's called reason. We reason out everything. And we put together a case. It's like we're constantly in a courtroom with God and spiritual authority and people in our lives and things happening in our society. And we judge and we we make decisions and we voice opinions because of the fallen nature of humanity. And with that in mind, I want to read a few verses of Scripture out of the Common English Bible. Now, if you're new here, our, our go-to uh, version of Scripture is always the King James Version. But we do use other um, translations as supporting evidence and as long as it does not change the meaning of what Scripture is saying. Uh, sometimes we use those because it's a little bit easier to understand. But in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verses 7 through 13, He rescued righteous Lot, who was made miserable by the unrestrained immorality of unruly people. He was made miserable in Sodom, by the unrestrained immorality of unruly people. Sounds like our day. While that righteous man lived among them, he felt deep distress every day on account of the immoral actions he saw and heard. These things show that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from, his, from their trials and how to keep the unrighteous for punishment on the judgment day. 
This is especially true for those who follow after the corrupt cravings of the sinful nature and defy the Lord's authority. Judgment is imminent for those that follow after corrupt cravings of sinful of the sinful nature and defy the Lord's authority. You know, here, these reckless, brash people aren't afraid to insult the glorious ones, yet angels who are stronger and more powerful don't use insults when pronouncing the Lord's judgment on them. These false teachers are like irrational animals, mere creatures of instinct born to be captured and destroyed. They slander what they don't understand. That's the nature of fallen humanity, to slander what they don't understand. And like animals, they will be destroyed. In this way, they will receive payment for their wrongdoing. Judgment day will come. There will be a day of reckoning, and there will be a payday. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin. If you serve sin long enough, you will have to pay the wages, and that is death. Judgment day will come. And I want to talk to you tonight about the friend of rebellion. The friend of rebellion. Amen. Would you pray with me right now? And I, I don't want you to pray an obligatory Thursday night Bible study prayer, but I want you to just dig here for a minute and pray the prayer of faith in this place. Father, we need you in this sanctuary. We pray that you would move in the hearts and the minds of people. I pray that you would arrest us, Lord, by the power of the Spirit in this place. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us, God Almighty. I pray that you would place conviction on every heart, on my heart, on the heart of the hearers in this place tonight. Set us in order. Deal, deal with our unruly nature. Deal, Lord God, with our rebellious nature. Deal, O Lord God, with our carnal minds and our carnal thinking. In the mighty name of Jesus, I worship you tonight. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Like really, like really clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, I know it's Thursday. I know it's Thursday. Just show a little bit of life. God bless you. You can be seated as you show a little bit of life. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate that. Got a few woos, and <laughs> that's more than we had a few minutes ago. That's good. That's good. Amen. The, the thing about what we do up here is that we can't, we can't make people live for God, and we can't make them grow closer to Him, and we can't make them want to become more like Him. Um, people are either going to be subject to the Word of God and spiritual authority and uh, the structure of the Lord, or they're they're going to continue to do things their way, and tragically they will realize that all of their all of their efforts and and pushback against what is right did not pay off in the end. And it's it's one thing to sow your wild oats, uh, but just remember, if you wind up in hell, there's no reversing that. I. 
I said this not long ago, but hell doesn't have any exits. There's, there's no exit plan. There's no second chance. There's no begging God. Mercy is for here. Grace is for here. There is no mercy in hell. And there's no grace. There's no grace. <laughs> I didn't mean to startle you there. Some of y'all don't know where to clap or not. But anyway, I, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Everything's great. Everything's great. But I do have some things that are pretty sobering. And I pray that the Lord would prick the heart of all of us here tonight. Paul said in Ephesians 5 and 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Vain words being deceived by vain words. That means be careful when people tell you things that make you feel better but are not the truth. They have no substance to them. They are vain. And because of that, the wrath of God is going to come upon the children of disobedience. In the book of Jude, verse 7, in the same way Sodom and Gomorrah and neighboring towns practiced immoral sexual relations and pursued other sexual urges. But undergoing the punishment, by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire, they serve as a warning. Yet even knowing this, these dreamers in the same way pollute themselves. They reject authority and they slander the angels. The archangel Michael, when he argued with the devil about Moses' body, did not dare charge him with slander. Instead, he said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people slander whatever they don't understand. They are destroyed by what they know instinctively as though they were irrational animals. Very, very similar to what we read in our text in Second Peter. A lot of that is, is verbatim. The Lord is sending a message to us that human beings have a very corrupt nature. And eventually, if it's not, if it's not put into obedience, it is going to suffer the consequences. They, they may be indulging themselves in pleasure now, in fulfilling all of their sexual urges now, and pampering the flesh now, and doing what feels, feels good now, listening to vain words now, but one day there's going to be a penalty to pay. In Matthew 12 and 33, either consider the tree good and its fruit good, or consider the tree rotten and its fruit rotten. A tree is known by its fruit, children of snakes. How can you, that was in the scripture, by the way. I wasn't calling you children of snakes. Jesus was calling them children of snakes. You generation of vipers is the King James Version. How can you speak good things while you were evil? What fills the heart comes out of the mouth. Good people bring out good things from their treasure, good treasure, but evil people bring out evil things from their evil treasure. I tell you that people will have to answer on judgment day for every useless word they speak. By your words, you will either be judged innocent or you will be either judged innocent or condemned as guilty. He said, by your own words, 
you will be judged innocent or condemned as guilty. And so by these passages of Scripture, we understand the power and the importance of words. And rebellion starts in the heart but is manifest through words. It will come out of our words before it comes out of our actions. A man with a rebellious heart will speak rebellious words. Now, boy, it's quiet in here tonight. Y'all okay? Y'all dead? Y'all tired? Need a nap? Take a nap, come back, and 10 minutes later, you'll catch up. If you, if you see young people or children disobedient to parents, it starts with back-talking. It's a rebellious spirit. And parents that allow that to go on will empower what comes next, and that is rebellious actions. Now, just before my day, it wasn't in my day because it never happened to me, but just before my day, they used to say, you need your mouth washed out with soap. And there were some people that actually did it. Anybody ever had your mouth washed out with soap? Whoa, look at this. Man, alive. That's intense. I never had that, I guess, because I never said anything rebellious. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> when, you, when you look in the first couple of chapters in Genesis, and Eve is having this conversation with the serpent, and she adds to what God had said, and it was the enemy's tool to reason with her. She was reasoning with him. She was reasoning in her mind, and he used Reason to cause her to rebel against the commandment of God. And the Bible, the Bible tells us that when, when we add one syllable, syllable or take away even one word from what God has said, it is rebellious and it is against the ways of God and it will lead to rebellious action. Now just... Stay with me here for a little bit. We're, we're headed somewhere, I promise. I'm just laying some groundwork. Rebellious words are, are like an iceberg. At first, only the tip of the iceberg is seen. Light words of rebellion are spoken, but when the iceberg is struck, when it is attacked, when it doesn't get its way, it is discovered how really deep the rebellion Runs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And light rebellion is still rebellion. Light resistance against the things of God is still rebellion. Light resistance and pushback against the, the pulpit or the spiritual authority in the church is still rebellion. Well, I, I didn't mean it. I just disagreed with him. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. Light words are still rebellion. We look at examples in the scripture, and we've, we've talked about this even recently, but Moses and Aaron, who were the, the brothers, uh, I'm sorry, Miriam and Aram, who was the brother and sister of Moses, they were, they were rebellious, but yet they were restrained, and therefore they could be restored. And God brought them to the door of the tabernacle, and he spoke with them. He set the record straight, and he said, Now, you're not going to do that anymore. And there was a consequence to their actions. 
but it was not a deadly consequence. Contrasting Korah and the 250 leaders in Israel to Aaron and Miriam, we see an unrestrained rebellion, and therefore it could not be restored, and the earth swallowed them up. It opened up, and the Bible said they went down into Sheol, or which is another word for hell. And so rebellion that is unstrained will take you into hell. It will take you into hell. Yet, we understand that both of them came from a rebellious spirit. Korah and the leaders said, we, we recognize that God's holy power is among the camp. We just don't recognize your authority, Moses. We want to be in the presence of God, and we want to be a part of the church. And this is where the vast majority of Christians are today. They don't have a pastor. They have a preacher. They, they don't belong to anything. They're not submitted to anything. They just attend church on Saturday or Sunday. They're there one day a week to get their Bible study, to ease their conscience. And the enemy, with vain words, is deceiving people to believe that church attendance without being under some kind of headship or spiritual authority is pleasing to God. It is not pleasing to God. Well, I can be saved on my own. That is not Bible. It's not Bible. No, you can't be saved outside of the body. And you can't be saved without being subject to the body. And in the body, there are places of spiritual authority and structure that we are all are accountable to and submitted to. If you believe that, say amen. And so here we are in Christianity today. We, we want God. We just don't want authority. And they rejected God by rejected God's, rejecting God's delegated authority. Now, rebellion is linked to fleshly indulgence. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. Rebellion is akin to an unclean spirit. Where you find an unclean spirit, you will find rebellion. Where you find rebellion, you will find an unclean spirit. Let me put it to you this way. Where you find unbridled lust, you will find unbridled rebellion. Where you find unbridled rebellion, you will find unbridled lust. That's why when people begin to indulge their lust, they start reasoning so that they can do what they want to do and don't even realize that it is rebellion because I'm grown folk. I'm grown folk. I'm going to do what I want to do. And lust and rebellion are akin to one another. They, they are not indistinct. They are the same spirit. It is an unclean spirit that says, I, I, I know how to do this. I deserve to do this. I can do this. I can get away with doing this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, you are quiet tonight. And Peter talked about this in our text. He said those who despise authority, right after he spoke of them indulging in fleshly lust. Now, I'm going to help you with something. If you have not realized this, like attracts like. Like attracts like. You're, you're not going to have somebody that is pure as the driven snow with a submitted and obedient spirit that is attracted to a lustful, vulgar drug addict. 
if you're attracted to that, it's because there's something in your spirit that wants to embrace that. It wants it. Like attracts like. People, people get their mind blown a lot of times because they've got this person in the church, and I'm not thinking of anybody right now, and I don't know of a situation that apply, this applies to necessarily, but a person's in church, and then everything's wonderful, and they look like this beautiful saint of God, this, you know, this big, strong prayer warrior, whatever, and then all of a sudden, they just, it's just like a switch is flipped, and they, they go outside the church, and they wind up with this person that looks like they, they can't even spell the word God, and is covered in all kind of nastiness and filthiness of the world world and all of that. And they say, how in the world did that happen? Rebellion was in there somewhere. And rebellion will always take you into a lustful situation. And it will always cause you to embrace that which is unclean. And it will always cause you to reason away the conviction that people are trying to help you to feel and the presence of God is trying to help you to feel. We are living in an hour where rebellion is celebrated. Be your own person. Stand up for, for who you are. Just be who you are and let the rest of the world just not even worry about it. Well, if you're in the truth and you're living for God and you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you're anointed and people hate you because of your anointing, not because you're nasty, not because you're mean, but because of your anointing, that's one thing. But this thing that says, you know, I'm going to be who I am. I'm just going to be as vile as I can. The spirit of rebellion is running throughout this world, and the church is not bulletproof. We are vulnerable to the spirit of rebellion. Rebellious people always join themselves with people who indulge and defile the flesh and vice versa. Now, a child of God loses power when they speak against another. We lose power when we speak against another. A loss of power is, is greater when rebellion is put into words than it is when it is just hidden in the heart because life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. There is power in the spoken words. Now, if you're one of these people that celebrates the rebellion of others, can you please ask yourself why you think that's awesome when they leave the church and become everything that the church is not. Why, why are you impressed with that? Well, I'm just being their friend. No, you are condoning their sin is what you're doing. It is not amazing. It's not. To me, a person that has a pure heart does not pet on a person that has a rebellious spirit. They don't celebrate them on social media. I'm not saying you got to hate them. I'm not saying you got to put a comment on them and attack them and troll them and all that kind of stuff. Just stay away from it because there's only two sides to this thing. You, you're not caught in the middle. There's not a middle ground where you get the best of both worlds. 
You're either going to stand for what's right or you're going you're to stand for what's wrong. And if you stand for what's right, you cannot celebrate rebellious people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement here. I'm not trying to be unkind. We're on live stream. I'm not trying to be ugly. But homosexuality is sin just like adultery, just like fornication, just like lying, just like murder, just like thieving, just like robbing. And there is a pressure in this world to be accommodating. Well, we got to be kind to them. We got to be kind to them. Well, I'm going to be kind to them, but I'm going to tell them the truth. And I don't have to, I don't have to tiptoe around their feelings to tell them the truth. Because if I don't tell them the truth, they can't see the air of their ways and they can't feel conviction. And God cannot set them free from that rebellious spirit. It is a rebellious spirit. It's a rebellious spirit. So I don't understand how somebody can go that way. It's a rebellious spirit. That's why they're, most, they're the most outspoken ones. They're, they're the ones that, that will spit in your face. They're the ones that, that mock and you, you better listen to me and you, you better celebrate my holiday and all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I, I'm just going to embarrass you and all that. Sin is sin. We are called not to be unkind, but we're called to cry out against sin. Stay with me here tonight. Stay here. So we're, we're not going to celebrate people's you know, audacious rebellion. We're not going to celebrate their stubbornness. Uh, we're, we're not going to celebrate when they post ungodly pictures. We're not going to tell them their models and how amazing they are. Amen. Because when you condone people, what it says to them in their mind, well, I don't have to change. Somebody accepts what I'm doing. When, when you, you've heard the phrase, misery loves company. When you go out into the world from leaving this that is in this building, you know what you're doing is not right. And you know that you've been overcome with a rebellious spirit. And you are going to find somebody that will link themselves to you so that you can feel good about what you're doing. But if a child of God will just love them with the truth, they will turn from the error of their ways. Amen. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to stand up for what's right. We're headed somewhere. We're headed somewhere. I'm just laying some groundwork. Now, Matthew chapter 12. Everybody take a deep breath. Everybody okay? All right. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. I read that earlier in the common English Bible. Words are powerful. Don't talk back to your parents. You don't know better than them. But you don't but you don't know, well, it doesn't matter. Don't talk back to them. Don't treat them like an equal. They're not your equal. They are your mother and they are your father. And they are placed there not as two people that brought you into the world, but they are God's spiritual authority over your life. The more you put, I should begin some amens from the parents at least, the harder you push back against that, 
the more uncovered you become. Your parents cannot cover what will not submit. You're, you're, going, you're going to be devoured by the spirits of this world. Right now you think you've got a handle on it. You, you think that you are in control of your own destiny. And my, my mom and dad, they just don't love me or they're out of style or they just don't pay attention to what I do. Do you have a desire to be saved? If you have a desire to be saved, you ought to thank God every day if you've got a parent, a mom, a dad that will bring you to the house of the Lord no matter what you think about them. We have these thoughts that go through our mind. We have friends that we hang out with, people at school. It's cool to push back. It's cool to bring the parents down a notch, you know, the parents of my, my buddy, they hang out, or they're dumb, and they, you know, they got a drug habit. I'm the kid and whatever else. And we have all these thoughts. Thoughts can be covered, but once the words are spoken, the spirit behind them has been revealed. The more you've got to get this revelation here tonight. Now, I'm talking to the young people right now, but I'm really talking to everybody. When you push back against authority, you are pushing the covering off of your life. And then you can't figure out why you can't put the weed down and why you can't put the drink and quit the drinking and why you want to have sex with every girl that walks by. You can't figure out why you have no self-control, but you treat your parents like a dog. You can't push your covering away and think that everything's going to work out well for you. I'm trying to help some people here tonight. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. I, I want people to go to heaven. I want people to go to heaven. Rebellious people can't control their mouths. And those who can't control their mouths can't control themselves. And God compared them to animals. Why? Why did he compare them to animals? Because they are untamed. They're untamed. Now, I've said this before, but meeting authority makes us aware of authority. Just like meeting the Lord makes us aware of sin. We need authority in our lives. We need authority. God does not need to deliver us from rebellious words. He needs to deliver us from a rebellious heart so that we will refuse and stop speaking rebellious words. Words. Now, the Bible talks, says this in Ephesians 4. He said, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not. That is one of the most important phrases in the Scripture. He told Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. He told the people of Israel when Moses went up to the mount, he said, don't touch the edge of the mount. We, we have to have a restoration of reverence and awe toward things that are holy. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Everything, everything about this book is holy. It's called the Holy Bible. It says it right there on the spine. Holy. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God. My wife hates it when I repeat like this, but I'm repeating it for a reason. Every word of God. Every word. The, it, to, a, I, Every syllable, every syllable, everything in here. Why am I saying that? Be careful when you start trying to be a theologian and saying, 
That right here is not for today. That's not something that's going to send me to hell. That's reason. It's reason. You, you cannot cherry pick the scripture just because you want to do something that you don't think is a big deal. That's rebellion. Some of the biggest things about outward holiness, some of the biggest things is a test of your submission to it. And when you start saying, well, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's going to send me to hell. That's reason. That's reason. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now watch this. Let all bitterness, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. We're talking about words and evil speaking. That word evil speaking means reviling. It's where we get the word reviling. Let it be put away from you with all malice. Get rid of the bitterness, the wrath, the anger, the clamor, the evil speaking, reviling, and malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. That word reviling or evil speaking there is the Greek word blasphemous. And it is, of course, where we get the word blasphemy. He said, put away from you all blasphemy. That is verbal abuse against someone, which is the very worst type of slander because they were created in the image of God. That's why people hurl cuss words at one another. Christians, too. There's nothing wrong with that or drinking and a whole lot of other stuff that people reason away. It means false witness, wounding someone's reputation by evil reports or evil speaking. It's blasphemy. It comes from a spirit of rebellion. It means to insult, to hurt, to bring reproach, defamation. Now, if you want to know what the, what the opposite of that is, the antonyms are reverence, the antonyms to blasphemy, and defamation are reverence and piety, godliness, devotion, and faith. These are the opposite. What I'm talking about here tonight, and I'm talking about the friend of rebellion, the friend of rebellion. And I'll tell you what that friend is here in just a moment. But in our human nature, we have a, we have a nature that doesn't like to be told what to do. We don't, we don't like to be told what to do. We'll receive instruction as long as we agree with the instruction. The moment we don't agree with the instruction, there's a question mark that goes off, goes up, and we start to reason. God doesn't reason with people. He doesn't reason with people.
God does not flow through people that are reasonable. He flows through people that are obedient. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he said, but, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. In verse 7, it says, Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down, ate and drank, and rose up to play. They were just living life, and there's a whole lot of meaning deeper than that. I won't take the time to go into tonight. Neither let us commit fornication. As some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000, 23,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Verse 10, pay attention. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Don't murmur. Now all these things happened unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition. You say, well, that was Old Testament stuff. No, no. This is saying right here, this is Paul to the Corinthian church. That stuff happened to them for our example, for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world shall come. What he was saying is fornication is still wrong. Don't tempt Christ. Don't have a rebellious spirit. Don't murmur. Don't be an idolater. Don't be self-willed. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now, as preachers, we, we're not up here to be mean to people. We're not up here to be unkind. But I've often said this. You would rather me get up in your face and tell you straight than me just kind of dance around it and speak with ambiguity and worried about hurts your feelings and all that kind of stuff and you not really know what the truth is and then you split hell wide open and say I don't understand what was wrong with that preacher he's up there to tell the truth and he wouldn't even tell me the truth because he was worried about hurting my feelings we're not up here to hurt our feelings but we have to deal with the man on the inside of us that is fallen we, we, don't, we don't know better we don't know better than God. We don't know better than authorities. We don't know better than spiritual authority and all that kind of stuff. Now, that word, that word murmur comes from a word that I cannot pronounce. Uh, it's, it's about 20 letters long, and it is derived from the sound made when murmuring or muttering is in a low and indistinct voice with the idea of complaint. Murmuring means to mutter. So just because you, you don't open your mouth and belt it out and, and say, I, I don't understand why they're doing that. Why in the world are they always talking about that building? How, how come they're all, why are we always talking about giving? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do, just because you're not belting it out like that. Well, I'm saying it under my breath because if I say it lower, it's not rebellion. <laughs> That's what murmuring is. They, they were muttering. Now, nobody would ever say that around here, so I'm just using that as an example. But it, but it, but it means to complain with indignation, to grumble, 
constantly. And the antonyms are, in case you want to know what the right thing to do is, to speak well or to bless or to declare as blessed or having been indwelt by God and thus fully satisfied and to give thanks. It's very hard to be murmuring and giving thanks at the same time. It's very hard to be, to be pushing back against God and giving thanks at the same time. So that's why he said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Because when you're giving thanks, you can't be murmuring against the things of God. Does that make sense? Okay, man, you're low-key tonight. This is two Thursdays in a row. Romans chapter 9, verse 6. Paul said, not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are of the seed of Abraham are they all children. Well, I'm part of the body of Christ because I go to church. He said, they're not all Israel which are of Israel. And just because they're seed of Abraham are they, uh, they're not all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for the seed. Now, this is, this is a literal example of the seed of Abraham or the children of Israel. But, but it is more so talking about the church. But then he is also talking about being led of the spirit and led of the flesh. They that are, they that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And people that live according to the carnality of their flesh... They are the children of the flesh. And he said they are not the children of God. If the spirit of God is not ruling your life, we cannot consider ourselves children of God. You can at least give me a hearty amen there. He talks about being led by the spirit. Now, when you're led with the spirit, you're not arguing with the book. Times have changed, man. We just, we don't do all that legalism stuff anymore. <laughs> well, last thing I, last time I checked, this right here is God's law. It's God's law. And it's timeless. The last time anything happened that was put in this book, was right around 96 A.D., so it's it's been it's been over 2,000 years or a little over 1,900 years. This this book is not being rewritten. There's not a new Bible. It's not out of style. He he wrote it. He wrote it. That's okay. I'm not looking for a response. He wrote it. He wrote it for every generation. The truth is the same for every generation. Now, there are some things, there are many things about God that do not make sense to the human mind. And there are some things about God that doesn't seem fair. Husband and wife get married. They're in the world. One of them gets in the church. The other won't live for God. They're coming, one's coming to church, the other one's at home drinking, smoking, 
token, mean. Well, I ought to be able to leave them because I'm living for God and they're not. Well, that ain't the way it works. There is such a thing as reaping what you sow. You, you don't get to erase every area of your life because you made bad decisions. And then you got in the church and everything's good with you and now, you, now you're going to leave them behind. You actually have a responsibility for their soul. There are some things about God that doesn't seem fair. There are, there are a lot of things in his book that do not make sense. And all of this trying to make sense of it and make it feel fair comes from reason. It comes from reason. Young people reason with their parents. But dad, but mom, you don't understand. How come and why? And you, you just don't, you don't want me to have any friends. If I slam my door loud enough, would that, would that change your mind? And all that manipulation and stuff, that's called rebellion. It's called rebellion. Well, every teenager do it. Then ever does it. Well, then every teenager's rebellion. If every teenager's doing it, it's still rebellion. But, but, but we push back against the things of God. The Lord is trying to lead our lives. I promise we're headed somewhere with this tonight. The Lord is trying to lead us somewhere into the things of the kingdom of God. And he's trying to give us understanding and revelation. And we continue to live our lives. And he's going, hold on, you're missing it. You're, you're not doing what I ask you to do. Every day you get up and you make your own schedule. You don't leave any time for me. I'm trying to speak into your life. I'm trying to order your steps. I'm trying to direct you. And I can't get you to be obedient to me. That is called rebellion. It is called rebellion. Well, you don't understand how busy I am. You don't understand. Well, I go where I want to. I show up when I want to. That's called rebellion. Well, I'll, I'll do it the way I want to. I don't know if this is really all that and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. Well, you're just, you're just the preacher. No, I'm God's delegated authority in this pulpit. You cannot push back against the authority in your life. You can't do it. You're pushing back against the covering of God. Can you please hear me tonight? We have to get to a place. I promise you we're going somewhere with this. We have to quit reasoning away the things in our lives. We're sifting through the book looking for loopholes. Well, how, what's the easy way into heaven? There's no easy way. There's just one way. Matter of fact, there is an easy way. His name was Jesus. He died on the cross. All you have to do is just submit to him. He'll take all the bad stuff out of your life and give you all the heavenly things in your life. That's the easy way. You, no, you, you're trying to hold on to heaven and can't get let go of hell. I'm talking about the friend of rebellion tonight. There's things that aren't going to make sense about God's word. You'd be seated Esau was honest. Jacob was a conniver. And yet God said, Esau, or Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. You tell me what's fair about that. But God had a plan. Esau represented Israel that was going to forfeit their birthright. And Jacob represented the church that was going to supplant Israel and become the holder of the birthright. That was going to have to go around the block 17 times because they were heathen, pagan Gentiles. But God was looking down through the annals of time and he said, that's my church. That's the one I love. I hate the one that's going to have it and turn away from me. I will turn to the ones that don't have it that will embrace it when I give it to them. 
slander. Slander comes from reason. Slander comes from reason. Ham, you, you could say Ham made a, a little mistake, a little bump, and it wasn't really fair. God cursed his son, Canaan. God help us as parents not to bring a curse on our children because of the things that, the sacred things that we didn't have respect for. Ham had a reason to slander his father. He was drunk, he was uncovered, he was naked in his tent. Ham had a reason to do that. But he didn't have a, he didn't have a right to do that. Miriam had a reason to slander her brother. But she didn't have a right to do it. Because Moses married someone that was not part of their lineage. He married a Cushite woman. But people that are under authority do not operate by reason. They, they operate by the directive of God. I, I don't want to, I don't have to have all the answers. I, I'm a curious person. I ask a lot of questions. I ask God a lot of questions. I ask my bishop a lot of questions. I ask my friends a lot of questions. I ask anybody that'll listen a lot of questions. But in the end, I don't have to have the answer. I just have to be obedient to the things of God, and God is going to have his, God is going to have his way. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, offered strange fire. Not because there was something wrong with the sacrifice, but because they weren't the ones that were supposed to offer it. But see, in their minds, listen to this. In their minds, we offer sacrifices all the time. What's different about this time? God didn't tell you to do it, and Aaron's nowhere to be found. You don't operate outside of Aaron. God speaks to Moses. God speaks to Aaron. Aaron gives the directive, and you offer the sacrifice. But when you start saying, if he can, I can, that's reason, and that's where we get into trouble. We think that we are in control of our own lives, that we can do whatever we want to. I'm going to tell you right now, my bishop picks up the phone and calls me and says, son, I heard this. Is it true? Yes. Here's what you're going to do. I'm not going to say, but you don't, I mean, I mean, you don't, I mean, are you serious? Are you really, I wasn't the guilty party there. You understand? I mean, bishop, you just don't understand. No, that's reason. I, I don't, my answer has got to be, yes, sir, I will do exactly what you tell me to do. Well, what are we, robots? What? You're a commander in chief no he is he's the commander in chief and he's got a structure just like the United States of America you may hate the president but you don't have a right to walk into the Oval Office and knock his teeth out you have to understand there is authority and there is a chain of command I'm headed somewhere are y'all here are y'all awake yet we, we got to get rid of this this mentality of if he can, I can. If she can, I can. We need to have the eyes of the spirit open and we need to have the eyes of our reason put out if we're going to follow the Lord and do his will. The Lord will place demands on you. He will place demands on you now reason is the first cause of rebellion that's where it starts the moment 
the Lord directs either through his written word or his spoken word. And we reason that away. We have initiated rebellion. We will never be able to control our words and our actions unless reason is dealt with first. It's only a matter of time before we utter slanderous words. People get something in their mind that they want to do. Everybody listen to me, please. I'm just trying to be your pastor. People get things in their mind that they want to do. And I know this is on live stream and these people know me and I'm not, I don't mean for this statement to come across wrong. But there's a reason, there's a reason sometimes when you are afraid to come talk to your pastor about something. And the reason is because you're pretty sure you know what the answer will be and you know that you don't want to hear it. Because you already have it figured out what it is that you're going to do. But when I call my bishop, I do everything I can not to have a made-up mind. I don't, I don't want to lean one way or the other. Bishop, I've got a situation. I've got a decision to make here. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Here's the situation. And I lay it out, and he gives an answer. And I say, yes, sir, thank you very much. That's all I needed to know. I don't need an explanation because I have learned that this is a kingdom. It's not a democracy. And I am covered and I am protected. Now, I can't have the spiritual authority that I hunger for. And I don't hunger to be powerful so much as I hunger for his power to move through me. And I can't have that spiritual authority if I can't react appropriately to my spiritual authority. If I can't be under authority, I cannot have authority. I'm talking about the friend of rebellion tonight. If you had not figured it out, the friend of rebellion is reason. It seems innocent, but it is that part of our nature that reaches back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and says, I know God said not to partake of this tree, but I just don't see the problem with it. And the serpent is going, hey, there's not really a problem. God just knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes are going to be open. That's right. Your eyes to your own self-will are going to be open. And your eyes to your own reasoning. And you're going to think that you have the knowledge of good and evil. And you're going to be able to judge what is right and what is good and what is evil and what is not. And you're going to be able to judge who you don't agree with. That is the fallen nature of humanity. The moment we leave off of faith and obedience and we begin to live by reason we are walking in rebellion and we are attracting the wrong spirits of this world the reason I am preaching this here tonight is because God needs a church that will live and walk in spiritual authority and until we understand spiritual authority we cannot have spiritual authority and the enemy is using our own words and our own actions to work against us 
You can be seated. We're trying to we're trying to make stuff happen, and we're trying to do this. And why why won't this door open? And why is this not happening? Or whatever. And I told somebody. Matter of fact, I've told two people recently. Not not in a negative way. It was a positive way. And they and they weren't pushing back. They weren't being rebellious. I was just giving them instruction. But what I said to them was, you can have your plans, and you will have your plans, and you will lay your plans out perfectly and ask God to bless them. But until you die to your plans, you cannot have what he has prepared for your life because he is not going to accommodate your plans and interweave it with his plans. It's either your plan or his plan. And as long as it's your plan, it's rebellion. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. I'm preaching this because God is going to raise up a church in this hour. And his power, you can be seated, his power and his authority is going to flow through his body to such an extent that when Moses parted the waters of Red Sea, that's not going to be anything compared to things that we're going to see before the coming of the Lord. Calling fire down from heaven as Elijah did is not going to be anything compared to what, we, what, 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 they, what we're going to see before the coming of the Lord. But we can't do it until we get in alignment with him and wake up every day and say, okay, God, I need you to order my steps. Tell me where to go. Tell me when to get there. Intersect the right paths with the right people and give me favor and help me, Lord God, to be your ambassador. Why? People are, where's all the miracles? Where the miracles are is the fact that the body of Christ does not have spiritual authority like they did because they had all things in common and they counted not anything as their own. We cannot see a book of Acts revival until we get book of Acts submission and a book of Acts passion for the things of God and we begin to say, God, I want you to squeeze every form of rebellion out of my life. I can't praise you with this tongue and slander men at the same time. I cannot fall on my knees but stand resolute and do it my way at the same time. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. This stuff, this stuff I'm trying to close, I'm trying to close, but this stuff, this stuff about not my will but thine be done. John the Baptist saying, I must decrease so that he can increase. That's not 2,000 years ago stuff. That's, that's today. That's the stuff that we've got to have in our life. Not my will but thine be done. God, I'm married, okay, so I'm not talking about me. God, I want to marry her. But if it's not your will, it don't matter how bad I want to marry. God, I want to marry him. Lord, I want that job. God, why won't you do this to me? God, why won't this break? And the reason is because God is saying your spirit wants it too bad. You're coveting after it. You want it so bad that if I tell you you can't have it, you're going to leave the church. It was rebellion. You didn't have to leave the church to be rebellious. 
It was rebellion the moment you told God, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm trying to help us here tonight. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm in a great mood tonight. I love y'all. I'm trying to help us. But there's some people that are going to walk in power. They that do know their God shall be strong. And they shall do exploits. You ain't going to do exploits until you know your God. And you know what? He is a jealous God. He is so, he is so jealous for himself that God would dare look at you and say, I want you to give all that up and serve me. You're not your own anymore. I bought you with a price. I gave my blood as a ransom for your life. If you want the drugs and if you want the fornication, if you, you want the multiple marriages and you want to look like the world and you want to act like the world and you want to marry who you want, you want to live like you want, you want to talk like you want, you want to, you want to talk in tongues and, and use curse words and at the same time, you can, you can go live that way. But if you want to be part of my kingdom and you want to have my power and your anointing on your life, you're going to give all that up and you're going to do what I tell you to do. He's God. He, he's just God. He thinks he's God. He just thinks he's God. He's big that way. Are you listening to me tonight? I'm telling you, there's a power and there's a revival that is coming to our world. Uh, the Lord is working on the body of Christ. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. Uh, and if you will sell out to him, if you sell out to him, I'm trying to close. If you sell out to him and say, God, every moment, every day, every minute, every time of my life, I want to do your will. I want to do what's pleasing to you. I'm not going to lay my plans out and ask you to bless them. God, I need to know what your plan for my life is. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching here tonight? Would you clap your hands and would you praise him? Yeah, come on, praise him. It's only eight minutes till nine. Somebody praise him right now. Well, I'm thankful to be a part of the greatest institution and kingdom. Amen. He's the king of all kings. He's my king. He's my king. He's my ruler. He's the Lord of my life. He's my almighty God. He's my ever-present help. He's the one that makes a way when there is no way. He loved me when I was unlovable. He saved me when I was unsavable. He removed sin from my life. And I owe him everything. I owe him everything. Woo! Somebody ought to praise him right now. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to call out to him. In the name of the Lord, God, anoint my tongue. Help me, Lord God, not to be a vessel of slander. Anoint my words, Lord God. Don't let anything unclean come out of my my voice box in the name of Jesus. Use my tongue, oh Lord God, to speak things that are holy. Use my life, God. I'm a chosen vessel. Let your anointing flow through me. Use me in your kingdom. Raise me up, God, however you want, or bring me low, God. But let me do your will in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. There's conviction in this house tonight. The anointing is in this house tonight. 
in the name of the Lord you can start by telling him God I believe every word in your book I believe that it's holy I believe it's for me I want to live according to your instruction manual God's holy word I want to live a life that is pleasing to you I don't want to be one standing there on judgment day with my own words condemning me because I tried to reason my way into the kingdom I want to live by faith I want to walk by faith and not by sight oh Jesus hallelujah Woo! yeah I feel something moving here right now this ain't about goosebumps it's not about emotion what the Lord wants us to do here tonight is say God I'm yours I submit to you God head to toe Lord from the follicles on my head to the sole of my feet I'm a child of the king I belong to you I'm going to follow your lead just tell me what you want me to do Lord oh hallelujah Come on, come on, come on, come on. I feel something happening. Oh, I feel something happening right now. Oh, if you're in here tonight and the enemy's been messing with your mind, if the serpent showed up at your house uh, and he's been trying to get you to reason uh, why you need to leave the church, uh, why you need to go on and just just walk away from God why you need to pick up stakes and move away whatever the enemy's been trying to do to reason with you you ought to rebuke it tonight and say Lucifer oh Satan I know your voice and you're a liar and the father of lies you're not going to get me to leave off faith and leave off obedience and begin to live life according to what my flesh wants to do I want to be a child of promise Come on, come on, somebody right now. Oh, I'm a child of promise. I want to be an Isaac, not an Ishmael. Yeah, come on. I feel it right now. I feel the Holy Ghost working right now. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, we got to quit grieving God with our plans. We've got to quit quenching the spirit with our carnality. In the name of Jesus, we've got to open up a flow of the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to leave this place tonight and say, I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be different. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to war in the spirit. I'm going to live in the spirit. His words are going to be upon my lips. His word is going to be in my mouth. the name of Jesus oh hallelujah 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 come on say it say it don't wait for somebody else to pray your prayer open up your mouth oh I'm scared to say it I'm, I'm scared I can't live it you better say it first you ain't never gonna live it if you can't say it out loud you sure can't do it if you can't voice it if you can't declare it, you sure won't be obedient to it. Oh, Jesus, come on. I feel it right now. I feel it. My God, have mercy. Oh, 
Let your anointing, Lord, rest upon us. Let your anointing be draped upon us. In Jesus' name, Lord, you're worthy, God. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. You can have all of me, Lord. You can have all of me, Lord. You can have all of me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, with lifted hands all over the building. Father, I pray that you would baptize us anew with a new desire, a new anointing, a new passion. Oh God, let, the, let our failures cease. Let our failures be washed away. In Jesus' name, Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy, God. Those uplifted hands, it's an international sign of surrenderance. I surrender to you, Lord. It's not just spiritual, religious mechanics. My hands are up, God, because I'm completely surrendered to you. I worship you. I worship you. Hallelujah.